Welcome to the Vibe and Flow podcast. This is where we reclaim our feminine essence and our right to luscious, soft, vibrant living the feminine way. If you are ready to release the old paradigms of hustle, perfectionism, being nothing but hard on yourself and the good girl syndrome, and to step into your feminine power, deeper faith, queenly living and the vibrant flow, you are in the right place. I am here to support you and to hold you accountable in your sweet feminine homecoming. Okay, sister, let's jump right in. Hello, gorgeous, and welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to have you here. And oh my goodness, it is our 99th episode. And if you're not counting Patreon episodes, then we would be way over 100 by now. But on the public podcast, we are almost at 100 and so be on the lookout for the 100th episode because it's going to be a special one i'm going to share my favorite feminine lessons it is going to be a juicy jam-packed episode and i'm also going to answer some of your questions that i'm now currently you know asking on Instagram that you would send me. So if you want me to answer your question, whatever it is related to the topics that I talk about on this podcast or something about me that you've been wondering about, please don't hesitate to ask me. Send me a DM on Instagram at the Vibe and Flow podcast or you can reply to this episode on Spotify directly when there's the Q&A section below the play button. Or you can send me an email at johanna at com. But anyway, I love getting back to your questions. It literally, it just lights up my heart when I get to be in service, that I get to do something that actually helps someone potentially. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you for sharing these episodes. It, it really helps. Thank you for leaving a, a rating and a review in, in the podcasting world, that is what affects the the algorithm that I don't still like don't probably understand. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for for um, supporting me in that way. And sharing obviously also is a huge thing and subscribing. So look for that episode. It's going to be a good one. But today we are going to discuss feminine success and work business or in my example academia done the feminine way so anything that you would consider masculine in a way that perhaps in the past made you or created the circumstances for you to experience burnout exhaustion all these things that we don't want to live through again right at least for me it is something that I really had to navigate and struggle through and, and and surrender and release and heal through and come to this point of understanding that all of the internal models, the ideas and beliefs about my worth as a woman, as a high achieving woman or whatever, <laughs> were distorted and kept me in a loop of dissatisfaction disconnection with myself and my body we're creating issues with my relationship with my husband Ugh. can we just sigh out can we just please like take a real deep breath in <sighs> and sigh out i've just felt a little bit of tension in my jaw today so i you know i needed that um, but yeah, I believe that you can do work, you can have a business, you can do whatever God has called you to do, but you can do it the feminine way. You do not have to do it exhausted. In fact, if you are exhausted, it is, it is a signal for you to stop and to reevaluate, to surrender and really look for guidance as to how to do it differently. Because you want to live life the vibrant way, right? <laughs> you want to feel energized and radiant, magnetic, full of this pulsating joy and presence. 
that speaks to people on a level that they don't consciously even understand. So let's talk about feminine success, okay? And this can be applied to any situation like in terms of work because most of you probably work in some sense. And if you are a full-time homemaker, stay-at-home mom, you are working all the time. <laughs> right? So, but but this particular perspective that I'm offering is inspired by my recent experience of now coming to the end of my master's uh, studies and graduating this spring very soon and uh, thank you so much for your well wishes about you know in terms of my my thesis process and all of that I know you've you're probably sick of me talking about it by now but it was just a huge time-consuming thing in my life for many many months so it, it was bound to pop up every once in a while <laughs> But anyway, you can apply to this to any work situation and if you're wondering about how to sort of recalibrate and find real joy and fulfillment wherever you are. And if your dream is to be a full-time homemaker, these things are still going to apply. So buckle up and let's descend into the realm of the juicy beautiful feminine so first of all i want to say that <clears throat> the feminine essence in you that you have your feminine nature your feminine biology biochemistry it doesn't change when you go to work or it's not supposed to change in a way that assumes a sort of switching of roles. If you think about polarity and how you as the feminine end of that spectrum, the feminine pole, for you to attract, receive, hold, and be supported by the masculine, you get to be in the feminine. You get to occupy the feminine pole, right? So it's not like you're switching back and forth like a headless chicken going back and forth and not knowing who you are, what you are. That's confusing and it's taxing. And it's taking up a lot of energy when you're trying to navigate life like that. So you don't change so that you become the masculine when you approach anything that you deem masculine in a way rather you really stay and thrive in the feminine and the, the, the feminine pole you are the feminine pole even when you are at work think about this when we as women when we so to speak put on the masculine a phrase that I don't like because it sort of assumes this role switching. You're putting on the masculine and you're sort of assuming that now you operate like the masculine because of, you know, the work environment that you're in. This creates a lot of excessive cortisol in your body. Cortisol being the stress hormone that is in like the way we are addicted to it these days is actually lethal in long term it creates a lot of imbalances and and you know long term it can create diseases and whatever it doesn't feel good it's tension it's constriction it's being tired it's adrenal fatigue it's hormonal issues it's lack of um sex drive it's the opposite of feeling sensual and juicy and relaxed and open and centered and grounded and inspired, right? So you don't want to be that headless chicken running around switching back and forth, right? You don't want to live in a state of excessive cortisol peaking at an all-time high every day. 
and we are so addicted to that it's an it's so interesting like how we sabotage ourselves but that's a (laughs) that's a topic for another episode but anyway because you want to feel vibrant and radiant and you want to be that receptive part in the whole magnetism sphere you have to be the feminine to receive solutions to receive ideas you know you're open rather than constricted when you are hyper-focused on a problem, when you're hyper-focused on a task at hand, and yes, we have deep work, we do deep work, right? And there are times when we are really focused and it's a really, really great time to, you know, um, dedicate that kind of work when you're in your luteal phase uh, because of our, you know, mind is more receptive to that or you know capable of doing that because of the hormonal changes and shifts but there is so much more success that you can experience when you in fact embody the feminine in your work in academia in business um whatever you have right so you receive masculine energy absolutely And you set up and receive masculine containers and structures, yes, to support you, right? But your core essence and nature doesn't change. Because that doesn't really make any sense, does it? Women can achieve a lot of success in the working world on masculine paradigms, like running on the masculine paradigms, being completely out of their feminine power, but they will also always hit a wall and it's always going to be in the end very taxing on the body health issues may usually crop up or relationship issues fractures in in relationships and in your relationship with yourself it's hard for the ego to release an old repeated formula for sure when you've done something for many many years a certain way it is really hard for the ego to release that because it perceives a different way let's say now it's the feminine way of relating to work and success and it perceives it as dangerous because it's unknown right your mind is always trying to avoid what is unknown because it may be dangerous and your ego is very committed to keeping you safe and there's nothing wrong with that per se of course we need that at times but when that is the program that runs our lives especially when there is no actual threat around it's going to create a lot of fracture with your relationship, your feminine beingness, your your feminine essence cannot bloom. And as a consequence, you are not going to reach your highest potential, right? So if you find that it's really hard to switch, you're not alone. But committing to the journey being mentored, coached, whatever it is, whatever it looks like, being held accountable, supported, and having someone show you the way, show you how it can be done differently can be a huge game changer, right? So what I did in terms of like this last year of my academic studies, right, is... First of all, I knew that, okay, I'm going to write my thesis and it's a huge project here, even though it has gone a little, you know, smaller here in Finland, but has always been like a, the, the thing that everyone talks about. And so many people are still like not graduated because they've done everything else except the thesis, which in Finnish we call, call, um, gradu. Uh, but, um, I was like, okay, that's not going to happen to me. I'm going to choose a different way. But in the beginning, in September, I was stepping into new shoes in many ways. I 
I knew that I was going to start private coaching and I was actually really anxious about that. Like not anxious, but really nervous, let's say, because it was a new thing. And while I knew and I was feeling the call and the pull and I had a strong desire to do it, of course, when you do something uh, for the first time in a certain capacity, it is exciting and it feels nervous because exciting and nervous are actually like pretty much the same thing right and at the same time I was like I need to find my topic for my thesis and you know start this huge project and manage the project because you are managing the project all the way you, you do have support with your supervisor and the seminar group as for sure but but you are in like you're responsible for everything pretty much and you are pacing yourself so it it is a huge process that um, requires managing yourself your time and and everything so I've I talked about this earlier in my podcast but I had this <laughs> breakdown so to speak because I was you know stepping into a new level and my body was like don't go there and then I had the weeks that I was experiencing awful, awful um, gastritis. <laughs> and um, I knew that it was my mind and my body reacting to the pressure that I was building on myself. And also just the mere fact that I, w- I knew that I was taking on new challenges that I was called to do, but I was also scared. And my ego was like, Ooh, you know. But it was also that pressure that I was building on myself for no reason, right? Because you're afraid and then you make something seem bigger and more like, you know, demanding that, it, it, you know, necessarily has to be. So after that, after I slowed down, had to stop everything to heal my gastritis and, and you know, recalibrate and everything... I decided that I'm going to adopt a vessel mentality from the start after stressing and worrying for a few weeks. (laughs) And I really decided that I'm going to release my ego and I released any expectations and I really made the choice to surrender, to be like, okay, I don't know what the topic is going to be, I've been trying to work it out, trying to come up with my own ideas and and sure, like brainstorming is great, but I felt the clock was ticking, so to speak, and I felt the pressure like building and building. And then I was just like, you know what, God, I'm going to surrender, I'm going to soften, open. I'm going to be a vessel throughout this process. And once I did that, after a while, the topic came to me. It just did. And I knew that it would. But in those moments when you feel the pressure, maybe there's like a deadline, timetable, whatever it is, your ego wants to take control, right? And you want to like take the reins. You want to go about it the masculine way you know in a certain sense and sort of control the ship but once you relinquish the control surrender and open up just relax and open up and just admit that okay I'm not sure how this is going to work but I am going to be receptive I choose to be receptive every day So the idea came to me, right? And releasing the expectations of how it's going to go, you know, all that ego talk of like, it has to, you know, has to go perfectly, it has to go this way and whatever. I just relinquished all of that and realized that this is a perfect opportunity for me to practice what I preach and just see how it works. And it did. It worked. It really did. So in terms of like masculine energy and masculine containers, 
I set up containers for myself that supported me, for sure. First of all, I realized that, okay, there's a specific environment that is more conducive to writing and to reading and getting work done during the hours that I am working. So I learned that, okay, going to a beautiful library that is inspiring, that has that academic feel, <laughs> is just a lot, it supports me, right? It, it supports me in my writing. So that was one of the masculine containers that I set in place. I would always write at one or two like libraries, okay? And then I had writing times I had set myself. Well, sometimes it was a little flexible, but I would just go there. Like literally, uh, my job was to show up and to allow whatever is going to come and flow through me to flow onto the page on Microsoft Word. <laughs> right. So... It was very clear, like, the role division was very clear. I show up within the container. I don't make it more complicated than that. And I have my space. I have my time, uninterrupted time, preferably. Sometimes that's a, you know, a challenge. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to, to have that, on, at least on certain days. And then I would use like music, atmosphere, like I would always put some Pomodoro, like, you know, these timers on so that I take breaks in between, that I stretch, you know, drink, nourish and, and uh, hydrate myself <laughs> and all those things. And I would have this atmosphere that was inspiring and I get to I really got to romanticize that experience. I would play. Here's the thing. I started playing with the work. I started cultivating a playful relationship with my thesis, with the research. And not in a way that's like, you know, floppy or whatever. Of course not. You, you, it's like, I did it well. So <laughs> I'm not talking about like, being crazy and uh, just uh, throwing all the rules uh, in the wind or whatever but I allowed myself to play and just you know imagine okay what would it feel like if I was mm, this well-respected academic studying at Oxford doing my doctorate or whatever you know I like to play with these images with these um, scenarios and it made it more fun I got to romanticize the experience. So that really is my tip. I know I've talked about romanticizing your life so many times, but it actually helped. It actually helped me write better. It actually inspired me to show up on the days when I certainly did not feel like showing up. And we all have those days, right? And so you have to set these masculine containers that make it easy for you to access the flow, but you have to show up for the flow to occur. You can't just, you know, lie back and do nothing and be passive and let your analytic mind, you know, f f go into a freeze and, and just, you know, we've, we've had those moments, right? So showing up and allowing what is coming to flow. And I did not have expectations like it has to come this way and the, and the, the chapter has to, you know, be brilliant and, and I have to write this and this many pages. Well, sometimes it's necessary to have like, you know, you, you do have parameters that what, what kind of work needs to be done for sure. But relinquishing the expectation of how it's going to go down, how the idea is going to come to you and not trying to control the outcome, not gripping, not like holding on to this tension of, of gripping and oh, just wanting a certain outcome. As I relinquished that, I was able to access the flow 
the vibrant flow, even with writing a thesis on 17th century texts, right? So, yeah, I, I certainly did not always feel like writing or going to the library or working. I don't always feel like recording a podcast. Usually I'm super excited to do it and it inspires me, but there are days when I don't and I still do it and the flow starts to, you know, flow. <laughs> when you just show up, right? So I softened within the container that I'd set up for myself and I really opened my mind up for any guidance in any form because the thing is that when we're in the ego when we are trying to control or when we are trying to operate um, in a masculine way as a feminine being our vision and our, our ability to receive contracts it gets more limited and it feels constricted and as a result it feels harder it feels more challenging and for sure sometimes it is challenging like I'm not saying like challenging work doesn't come your way of course it doesn't challenges are always in service to us if we allow them to be if we are receptive but it's going to feel heavier, a lot heavier. And my gosh, I have experience with that. So I know what I'm talking about, okay? But I softened into the container. And lo and behold, things that I never thought would inspire me or give me ideas did. Like on a day-to-day -day basis, like when something or someone said something, I was like, that's it. Or when I read something somewhere else, um, it inspired me with my thesis. And also the other way around. When I was like doing a lot of reading through texts and studies and whatnot, it inspired me with my life, like my life outside academia, my life outside all of that. Um, it gave me ideas for this podcast and it really felt like I was being a vessel. I was receiving so much inspiration. Well, you know, not every day feels like that. And that's true. For sure, there are days when, it, you know, it doesn't feel like you are in the flow and everything is wonderful, but you're still showing up and that's valuable, right? So to get to those days when that happens, we have to show up on the days when it doesn't feel like that. And there are many reasons for it. Sometimes it's just, you know, because we haven't slept enough or whatever, or we're in a certain phase in our cycle. And here's the thing also, when you adopt this vessel mentality, when you practice the embodiment of being a feminine vessel, it... It just, you are guided in a way you never thought you would be. I'm going to give you one example. And it was just so fun. In the beginning, I went to the National Library. And I was in the beginning phases of, of my research project. And I had my, my topic and my approach. So, like somewhat narrowed down and I knew what I wanted to go for and I wanted to go to this national library because it's really beautiful I love it um and I've it has been like years probably more like 10 years prior that I'd visited that library uh previously and so I went there because I was like okay I want a beautiful surrounding to work in and to, you know, jot down ideas, read through sources, and start writing my first chapter. And I went there, and I literally, I did not look through the, the shelves or the, the floors. I just, I just allowed myself to find a place that I was called to sit at, that I found, you know, secluded enough that I can uh, focus and do my work. And for whatever reason, I went to, I think, the fourth floor. I don't remember. Maybe fifth. And I did not look, like, what topics or what, like, areas of uh, research fields um, are on which floors or where the certain shelves are. 
um, divided into like uh, fields of research and topics and so on and so forth. I just went somewhere. I didn't look around me. I just uh, I saw that there's a table there and I was feeling good. I was in you know feeling my feeling very <laughs> womanly and nice and juicy and I'd taken care of myself. I was wearing my favorite daytime dress and you know attuned to my body and all of that and I sat down there and then a few hours after I'd been reading or doing work I just you know stretched my legs and and looked around and saw like because there were these a couple of shelves long shelves of bookshelves um right next to me that I'd I had not like looked at at all like I hadn't paid attention to and then I just looked at the books on the nearest shelf and it had books on the very topic that I'd chosen alchemy and like the history of chemistry um the history of alchemy as a when it was a so-called science or a mystical tradition and the way I applied it, of course, was through certain other approaches as well. But I was just like, what the heck? <laughs> and so these kinds of synchronicities, and by the way, I ended up using a couple of the books that I just stumbled upon um, the first time I went to the National Library in my thesis, and they were crucial in my research. And so these synchronicities will happen they will occur because first of all as a vessel you are open to receive them you are not trying to control the outcome you're not trying to you know make something happen from this constricted place of lack of oh gosh what if i don't come up with a topic what if i don't have a solution to this situation what if I don't find the resources? What if I will never have the money to do something or to do? What if I will never find a man that I can marry and, you know, all these things? That is a place of disconnection. And it feels awful. I just, you know, tensed my neck when I talked like that. Gosh. <laughs> um, so adopting a vessel mentality understanding that when you are in connection you are connected and you're operating from your feminine essence synchronicities will just come left and right you will stumble upon things that you will you would never have stumbled upon because your vision would have been so narrow so to speak that you would not have noticed you would not have been a receptive to see the solutions that God is bringing your way and being like, hello, it's right here. But we get so blind. We get so blind when we're hyper-focused on a problem. We cannot feel into the whole web of possibility from that state of being. So that is why... As just one example, I noticed that it is not true that we have to adopt a masculine approach. Of course, you like you have the containers and you do sometimes very deep work, right? And you are engaging your analytical mind when necessary. But my core essence doesn't change when I do that. I am being receptive to masculine energy. I am letting masculine energy flow through me when necessary right i'm receiving support in the form of advisors supervisors uh inspiration people talking and and suddenly accidentally inspiring me and pointing to, pointing me in the right direction or having a discussion with someone who is just the right person to talk to right Okay, so I went on with this process and I would just show up. I kept showing up, okay, on the days when I didn't feel like, but I also kept, or I was holding myself accountable when it comes to taking care of myself. 
right? So I would tend to my my biology living as cyclically as possible. I also noticed that, okay, during these times of my phase, it's better to do editing. And I noticed that, okay, during this phase, it's better to like gather ideas and read through sources and um, prepare for the actual writing process for each chapter. And that's what I did also. Sometimes it wasn't, you know, as systematic as that and nothing wrong with that. Again, you do not have to make it a constrictive system. You have to listen to your body. You have to listen to what your intuition is trying to tell you, right? Which happens when you are relaxed, okay? And you're making space. Yes, that's what I did as well. I made space for the inspiration to flow. And the container, when you're creating a container for yourself, is one way of creating space for inspiration, ideas, abundance, prosperity in the form of solutions and ideas and whatever. It just flows. And you're able to hold it as well when you are occupying the feminine pole. Because if you would be switching back and forth, you would receive and then you'd like squash and squander it, contracting and trying to push through a wall again. So, you know, going back into the masculine paradigm that is not working for you, that is not feeling good in your body because it's not your natural essence that would not be holding it. That would be perhaps receiving it for a moment, but then, you know, not being able to hold it. Okay, so I would just repeat, rinse and repeat (laughs) and go through the process, um, inspiring myself with um, romanticizing it, playing with it, um, finding playfulness and finding enjoyment in it, making that decision. Like intention goes a long way. When you decide that you are going to enjoy something that you might be dreading a little bit, that intention can change and shift the whole game. Okay, because once you set that intention and you will repeat it, you will daily remind yourself of that intention, your mind has now the task of finding proof or finding ways to support it. Okay, so give yourself and your mind tasks that actually support you in the way you want to live. So this is what I did and um, it was amazing. I loved the process in general. Of course, there were days that I was really, really tired and like mentally taxed, especially now at the end of it, feeling like I've poured my brains out. (laughs) But still, it was expansive. That's what I'm trying to say. Whatever you've been dreading or that work that you've deemed masculine and somehow hard to relate to, can actually be an expansive experience when you are embodying the feminine and you allow the juices to flow and you trust that when you show up, you just show up with whatever you're feeling that day, that it's enough. That when you say that, okay, I'll show up and I'll write, I'll take care of the um, quantity and God, you'll take care of the quality. And that allowed me to open my mind up in a way that I haven't allowed my mind to open before, right? And it really, while it challenged me at times, I was able to receive more than ever. And so if a freaking master's thesis process with 16th century, no, well, yes, 16th and 17th century texts can be an expansive experience of feminine bliss, 
then whatever you're going through can also be a gift, can be a, a sort of an opportunity for you to tap into that feminine potential even more, more than you've ever had before. That your mundane work can be that container for you to practice receiving radical receptivity for the guidance, goodness, abundance, flow. Mm. Honestly, I hope you believe me because it's it's amazing. (laughs) It is just incredible how experiences like this can be our teachers and how our intention goes a long way how relaxing and softening into the container that you have can allow for the for something that you never thought possible to flow through so if you're committed to something a project or you're just going to work on a daily basis see it as a container that helps you crack open, helps you and is a form of masculine penetration in that sense, that it is there to serve you so that you can expand into a level of feminine success that you never thought possible, that it's more enjoyable, that it can be pleasurable, right? Of course, there are times when we need to realize that, okay, a certain job or a way of living does not suit us. It is not supporting the way we want to live. And we we say no to that. For example, if some of you have said no and quit your job or no longer pursued a certain route, certain path, uh, professionally, academically, in any way, shape or form, good for you. Um, I had to take a year off before I pursued my master's to make sure that I made it made the decision to continue out of desire, out of authentic desire that I knew that I was called to do this. And I now know why I was called to do this. Like, I also have this long term goal of writing a book someday. So I knew that this would like help me because I'm going to write it in English and I you know I wanted to get better at that so so there were many like logical reasons as well but those logical reasons are not the ones that actually mattered the most I needed to know feel that you know that calmness that peace having that knowing that inner nudge to go in that direction and honor that guidance. So that is something that I absolutely would guide you through if you were making a decision, whether you're going to go this way or that way, or if you're going to pursue something or not, to know that the motivation, that the desire is actually connected to your heart and to your calling That is not something that you are seeking approval and validation through. I've also had to work through like my patterns of seeking for validation through success and, you know, doing things well or going through certain paths and um, pursuing certain things. Absolutely. My gosh, I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast. So there has to be this process of letting your ego get silent so that you can hear so that you can see with clarity so that you can feel that softened receptive place and state of being where you can make decisions that are actually aligned so if this was not aligned with what i'm supposed to do if this was completely off it may have been a lot more you know harder So finding alignment, but even in those moments when you choose something that you really want to do, all of this applies, right? Applying these lessons and embodying the feminine, 
in everything that you do. Yes, you set boundaries, you receive masculine containers and structure, you may do deep work, you show up on the days that you don't always feel like showing up, but you're tending to your feminine heart, you're tending to your body, you're nourishing yourself, you're seeing the opportunity in everything, seeing the opportunity to receive blessings and abundance, sometimes in the most mundane things. And last thing before we go is ask yourself, how good are you willing to allow it to get? Are you allowing it to get good? Are you actually allowing yourself to feel good? We have a lot of internal patterns and and these limiting beliefs about how good something can feel and how good it can get and how much abundance we actually allow ourselves to experience with everything. From inspiration to allowing ourselves to be seen and to shine, to money, to men, to relationships, all of it, right? So ask yourself, do you have limiting beliefs around how good something can get? Do you have this internal story that a certain type of field and work cannot be enjoyable or pleasurable? Because that sometimes alone creates the reality that you live. And certainly we go through phases of breaking through our limiting belief ceilings and there are, there's always more to, you know, break through. But I think that's a exciting thing also. So observe your thoughts, your beliefs, the way you show up, your bodily sensations, your behavior, your habits. Are these like conducive to creating a pleasurable experience? Are you allowing this narrative run in your head day to day, like minute to minute of how awful things can get or how, you know, you're focusing on just the negative? Or are you softening, you know, dropping your ego, dropping those old beliefs about how things have to be done? And adopting the vessel mentality that I've been talking about. Embodying being a feminine vessel. It can be a huge initiation in your queenly feminine homecoming. And some of these shifts and changes that I applied, they were very much internal and someone might not have, you know, observed them on the outside. But they were crucial and huge even though sometimes they were very subtle. Changes in attitude, changes in the way I think, changes in the way I treat myself, changes in the way I structure my day and allow myself to relate to things differently with less pressure, with less like um, attachment, with less codependency, and just actually just releasing all codependency whatsoever. And knowing that playfulness, you know, playing, like having this, I am the scholar, I am the, you know, incredible mystic here, (laughs) whatever, in, in my situation or in this case. And I could have done it the old way. I could have done it from this pushing, this masculine Uh, way of relating to things and trying to, you know, having it all on me and having this feeling that it's all on me and I have to produce and push and create this thing and it's going to take so long and that feels incredibly heavy. And really you access your superpowers, your creative superpowers, your magnetic superpowers when you are in the feminine. When you do life the feminine way, when you are embodying feminine success in whatever area of your life, 
So let's talk about this more in in upcoming episodes. I want to talk about feminine success more in certain different scenarios. And if you have any questions, please send them my way. If this inspired be inspired you, please let me know. <laughs> I would love to know and be on the lookout for my 100th episode. If you want to access my library of Patreon goodness that are exclusive uh, content, my episodes and stuff you can join for five euros a month and um there will have some challenges and and beautiful content that you won't see anywhere else including audio activations and and sort of like visualizations and um if you want to work with me one-on-one the vibrant woman the vibrant the vibrant woman program which is my one-on-one coaching program where we implement and integrate the seven pillars of vibrancy into your life situation um, to create real results, whether it is to prepare for marriage or to create feminine success or to radically change your perception of how good life, life can get and how good being a wife can get and how good marriage can get. So that's there for you to apply through the link in the description below. And without further ado, stay in the vibe and flow. Sweet. Yeah.